106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. I'm joined this morning, every weekday morning, by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, I have good news. Let's hear it. I have a new computer. Nice. I have a new computer. Nice. So, yeah, I now have full access to the internet. Now, I still work at Rock 106.9. <laughs> right? So, you know what's coming now. I have something, and it's not right. <laughs> so, I have... The internet computer has been replaced. Right. That's awesome. Right. But I have a two-computer system. For those of you that don't know how radio stations work, I need one computer that's like all internet-based, and then on the left-hand side, I have another computer screen that's the radio station. It kind of shows me it's got a couple of different things on it, like the next hour of the radio station, the next 24 hours of the radio station, and like all like the, you know, the, the vault of like songs and bits and all that stuff. You mean we're not just sitting here playing records? <laughs> no, not, not, not anymore. Doing? Okay. All right. So they installed the new computer. Which is great, and I now have uh, I have the internet, and I can I can I can read the internet for the program today versus off of my iPhone the way I did it yesterday, and but the guy, and I don't want to throw him under the bus. Do it, <laughs> but he do did, it. But I now no longer can access the left hand side, which is the radio station. So I'm flying blind. Yesterday I had the radio station, nothing that I can read with the internet. Now today I have the internet, no radio station. Why am I always always like? I said this to Phantom before the show started. I'm past the point of expecting Rock 1069 to help me, but get your foot off my neck. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean I, it's so void. It's like, how does this happen where you don't check it? Where you don't check and make sure everything it works? Not just like, well, I plugged it in, figure it out. Why? Why is that? Why is that the standard? How important is the radio station? Really? Not really. <laughs> I mean, really, at the end of the day, Not what's really. going on? The channel, you know, hey? no, yeah, dude. What's going on stuff? with you? I, dude, nobody cares about we, my my trials and stuff. My trials and tribulations. What's going on with you? Uh, I'm trying to come up with the best thing that I can right now, and I guess what I'm going to talk about um, is 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 something that is a little bit stressful. And I know that people are going to be like, "Well, talk to them and talk to this person and talk to them." You guys talk about it, but I've started the process of looking at cars, looking at automobiles that I might want to oh, buy. Brutal. And dude, it really is. Like it's a very overwhelming process. Like I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm last night I'm sitting there and I, I spent like an hour and a half just like looking at different websites and well, you know, best gas mileage, best safety ratings, all these different things that I'm like, "All right, here's what here's my list of priorities." And and honestly, at the end of the night, I was just a little bit like F this. I'm just going to keep driving the clunker. You know what I mean? Like, F all this. I'm just I'm just not even going to do it. Who cares if my car's about to fall apart? Well, I'm probably going to have to do it this year. Like, I'm probably going to have to buy a car this year. Right. Don't want to do it. Right. Um, I kind of got like a ballpark price range in mind of like where I'm like, okay, that seems about right. I need my credit to be turned around anyway. So honestly, a car payment, probably not the worst thing in the world. Those things that actually help if you pay, as oh, long yeah. as you make the payment, oh, yeah. they'll help turn your credit around pretty fast. And like I've done a lot of work since being you know employed back here. So I'm kind of in the same boat and I've been kind of doing the same thing. I got a dollar amount in mind and I've been kind of like searching for that, but it's, uh, it, I don't know. It's like, it's a huge purchase. No matter what you, when you get it, you love it. And then three weeks later, you see something else on the road and you're like, oh, I should have that it's like you know me i have food envy now imagine buying something that's like fifteen twenty thousand dollars like any other relationship whether it's your girlfriend oh, God, yeah. or whether, whether it's your girlfriend or it's your new job or whatever you're right that first month it's like oh my god this, Gotta is, bang the greatest, sister. Gotta this, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me but yeah six you know six months a year She's out got a hot and, sister. And, and all of a sudden the thing's falling apart mom's kind of cute maybe um, she got one of those it just uh it, it just really is an overwhelming process and i know somebody's gonna tweet in and be like dude eight million car dealerships advertise with you guys and it's like, 
yeah, eight million car dealerships do advertise with us. I don't know I, if they know we work here. I don't know which one to pick. I don't know which one to do. I don't know which one to. It's which tough. One, you know, it's tough. Well, because that's another thing that you and I ha- do have to think about. Like we uh, like. I, well, at least I try to stay cognizant of this. Like, I look through the log, and like, if a restaurant spends a lot of money with us, I'll eat there. Of course. If a grocery store's on the air with us, I'll, that's where I want to shop. I want to support who's supporting me. And that being said, people often ask us, dude, how can we help you guys out? How can we make sure that your show stays here? Like, Spend we money. love you guys. Spend money with the places that, that advertise <laughs> right. with us, dude. I right. mean, that's huge. And when asked, tell them that's why. Right. No, I'm asking a lot of people. But, right, right, right. <laughs> I know we are. So, I mean, do have you, like... Like, how far have we whittled the process down? Do you have models, cars, brands? Are you like, uh, I'm never driving foreign? Is it like, what's what's the deal? Well, if you're going to say you're never driving foreign, you're never driving, right? Isn't, pretty isn't much, that, yeah. I mean, isn't, isn't that a fair assumption? I know everyone wants to like, no, I'm made in the USA. No cars are made in the USA anymore, except for Ford. Trump got Ford back. He actually did. Trump got Ford back. I, they, I, one of the things they said, they were like, no, this has Ford nothing. C- no, 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 no. That was Yahoo's finance manager that said that. Ford CEO... CEO was credited of saying that the positive business practice that President Trump is installing is what's helped land those 700 jobs there. I read both those articles too. Ford CEO said out of his mouth, the positive business practices that Trump is installing is what helped make that a decision. So maybe I'll buy a Ford. So I mean, that that's uh, there. it was a little bit the, the, both sides were claiming too much of, of one thing, but the Ford CEO actually did accredit Trump for that. Like that did happen. Maybe I'll buy a Ford. I am, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about you know, you know car brands to know. I know my buddies always tell me just stick with GM, but I, but I think it's because his dad worked at GM, and that's just one of those. Well, things. and that's the thing too is we all have these romantic ideas of cars, and we all have these romantic ideas of like, no, dude, this is what my grandpa drove. Right. He drove, dude, he drove Buicks. I'm gonna drive Buick forever, and it's just, it's a, dude, it's an overwhelming process. It really is. My thing is, is like, I, I'm not gonna buy a new car. Can't afford it. So it's going to be. Probably something at least six years old, probably right, so right. right, right, right around there. And so uh, I kind of like the Honda, Toyota, Acura world. I do. I kind of like it. I, I, you know, that, that, that's a that's a safe world. And then you start throwing in like the concept of like, well, should I lease a car? And then all of a sudden, it's like a brand new to like, oh my god, I could afford all these different Dave, cars. Dave Ramsey says no on the leasing thing. I just, the, the, I just don't know. The, the total money makeover guy says no on the leasing thing. Uh, just for your own personal finances, you know. I mean, you can get a really nice car that way, but he says, you know, for your for your investment and for your dollar overall, probably not the best plan. It just uh, it just sucks, dude. It's it's better than like uh, at least I'm not in a position. And the worst position you can be in when you're thinking about buying an automobile is when you uh, are like, dude, I have to make a decision this week. Like I have to figure this out this week because yeah. I don't have a car or my car's about to die. So I'm not there yet. But at the same time, it just feels like so. It just it just there's just so many decisions that go into it and so many thoughts that go into it. And so much energy that goes into it. I, I, I very much last night just felt like, ugh, I don't care. I, uh, I don't I, care. I, I'm I'm starting to financially prepare for that moment. Like there are times like when I go to the Agora, like back and forth. That's like right. almost an hour ride. Right. 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 And there are there and lately it's been like, well, is this the hour ride? That's the last one. And it sucks when you get to an hour ride and that's what you're thinking. When it's like, oh, dude, when you know, like, oh, I can't drive out to Washington, D.C. because that's, you know, too long and I can't do that and I can't go on road trips and this thing, that's one thing. But when you can't go to Cleveland, (laughs) when you can't drive an hour on 77, damn, dude. It's, I mean, I I think I can. (laughs) I think I can, but I don't know. I mean, dude, I mean, I think. 
I'm approaching right now. I think it's 199,000 miles on the car. Wow. Almost 200,000 miles on that car. I'm up under. I'm up under 175. But dude, if you're up at two, I'm surprised that thing's still kicking. Honda, man, Jeez. they just run, dude. They Jeez. do. They run as long as you take care of them. As long as you change the oil in them and get them serviced regularly. And again, you know, ABC Automotive there has done a good job with that the last couple of years for me. Uh, so, uh, but inevitably, new. Right. You you know, 200,000 miles. It is what it is. Right. 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 They're not going to live forever, and I guess they're really not supposed to. We're supposed to buy. You know new what cars. we should do. What should you know we, we should. You know what we should really do. What is that? We should find a car dealership. Mm-hmm. We should team up. Mm-hmm. Do the spots together. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you know what. Every other Saturday, you get one of us. You know what I mean? And then that way, one of us is always there on the weekend. Yeah, we'll be there. Reading the spots. Reading them. And then we'll drive the cars. Yeah, we'll tell, we'll tell the world about your cars. Now, this has never <laughs> in the history of radio ever happened. No. This is a no. visionary. Dude, this, I'm, I'm blazing trails in here, Canton. Reinventing the wheel. That's how you do that. And that's how you do it. <laughs> Have you ever heard two guys tell their boss to go F himself? Go any, get us a car! Any nicer than that. God. So I feel like the worst uncle of all time. Okay. Okay? So my niece, who's about, I think, 12, right around there. That's really setting a high bar. The worst <laughs> uncle of all time, dude. The worst. Okay. No, I do. Yeah. I, I'm sure I'm sure a couple of girls at Gatsby's would be like, you know, dude, I got tell you maybe not right so my mom calls me yesterday okay and like we're talking a little bit and like i'm starting to maybe plan like a summer trip out to vegas okay like she's kind of on me so i think her health probably is worse than she's letting on it's time dude you yeah, really she's on me. you gotta go out there she's kind of on me so i'm like okay so so i want to do that and so at the end of the so i had a long conversation with her we caught up and she was like you know i wish you could forgive me i love you and i was like you know i was like i think i just want to somewhere along the line on the program i just went too far and it became like not no longer a joke and like it became like i literally did hate you and i was like that's not really the case it's just like i like to bust your balls and so we you know we kind of got through that and had like the whole dr phil moment and then at the end of the conversation she says to me she goes you know i don't want to make you feel bad i was like yeah you do here it comes (laughs) yes yes you do yes you do she's like but if you sent grace something for for christmas it never came oh and I was like, are you, mom, it's the 3rd of January. Why are you just now wait? She's like, well, we gave it a couple of days because right. we figured, you know, the mailing systems or UPS or whoever was sending it. It's like, you know, it's busy. It's the holidays. Maybe it got behind. Now, eBay told me this will be here before Christmas. Right? It was supposed to be there. Christmas was on Sunday. It was supposed to get there by Friday. I can remember you like reading that email. I think we were off the air and you were like, dude, yes, going to be there day before Christmas. You were, all, you were all excited about it. I remember that. So she says to me, it never showed up. Never got what? it. So then I go to, now, if you have eBay, I don't know if you've ever used this or not, but if you use it, they send you an email that says, hey, your product's being delivered. And right. you can track the, you know, the shipping and all that. It tells you, hey. And so, like, I have the email from eBay and I have the tracking history and it says, look, it's out for delivery and boom, it's in the mailbox. And right. she's like, Dan's not here. So I said, I was like, well, is this the right address? And she goes, yeah, that's our address. And so, like, now my poor niece, who was, like, all excited to get this thing, because my brother kind of told her, it was like, well, you know, it's coming from Ohio. It's not like they're giving her Christmas. So then my brother kind of told her, oh, yeah, Uncle Dan's going to send you this. So, like, they got her all excited, and now it's not there. And so now I'm, like, this jerk uncle who promised this thing that didn't deliver. I feel terrible. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Dude, there's, like, some little girl in Vegas. Some little girl. My niece crying because she didn't have this thing. And I feel terrible about it. And my mom, I don't think she was trying to make me feel worse, but like she just kept saying stuff that was digging that knife in the side. 
Um, well, there's plenty of things you should feel ter- about, terrible about in life, dude. Plenty of things. I could come up with a list of 20 off the, the top of my head. fact that I can't land head. a car sponsor? <laughs> I could come up with 20 <laughs> off the top of my head. But, I feel pretty bad about that. But, but, dude, this is so circumstances beyond your control. I'm sure this, like a lot of home yeah, delivery things. Yeah, but a 13-year-old girl doesn't understand that. You know, I'm just the uncle that laid down on the jump. Like a lot of the home delivery things, I bet you got stolen off the porch. I bet you there was like a package... I bet you there was a package. The problem, though. Some Las Vegas meth head walking around sees that. It's like, dude, I'm going to sell whatever in there for drugs. They are common. Yeah. The Las Vegas meth head, that's, that's common. That's what I'm saying. That's common. That, 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 that's, a, that, dude, that's a popular figure there. I, uh, the problem is, is that you're, I would imagine, right, it either got you know, lost on the truck or just you know, whatever, and, or maybe somebody stole it from the mailbox, whatever. But the problem is, is that my history, my behavior mm-hmm. has been so poor in the department of keeping up family relation that nobody's going to I'm no. not going to get the benefit of the doubt. So now there's three adults and one kid out there who are all MFing me for not sending the thing. And I feel terrible. I was all excited. I was like, oh my God, she wants this thing. I bought it. There it goes. I'm good. I don't even have to do anything. Debit card took care of it all. It's easy. And then it didn't happen. Sucks, man. Brutal. Sucks. You got to do something now. You know what I mean. And listen, I know that's that's it's a it's a uh, it's a crap sandwich you didn't want to have to eat, but no. you're gonna have to do no, something. Not. You're gonna have to. Uh, have you called your niece? Have you been like, hey? Well, let's not. Man, well, 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 let's not get carried away. Oh, talking to my family. God, how would I do that? I probably should call her. Yeah, and just explain. I'm gonna I'm gonna rebuy this thing too and resend it. Yeah. I mean, I reached out to the sender uh, on eBay and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. Would it make more sense for you to? give your brother the money and he could go buy it from a store or something so you know that it's there i, mean, I don't know what i don't even know what this is we're talking but about woody like if i paypal my brother the money be like dude I, grace i'm sorry uncle dan is a jerk we all know that everybody knows dude ask all of ohio dude, people dude you'll have a line wrapped around our house out here people complaining about your uncle uh huge announcement nine o'clock this okay. morning I don't know I, I, because I don't have my email. Okay. Because they didn't they didn't install that on my new computer I have here. I don't know what I'm allowed to tell you and what I'm not allowed to tell you about the announcement at nine o'clock. So here's all the info. It's the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Mm-hmm. It's a four minute announcement. I don't know why <laughs> iHeartMedia thinks it's a good. You know what? We like things fast, quicker. Shut up, Sansbury. Get to the Godsmack. And but but four minutes to to describe their party that once in a lifetime experience that happens four times a year. So, uh, but seriously, no. It's I, I listened to it. You know, a little earlier this morning. Mm-hmm. It, dude, the, the lineup. Honestly, we say this every year, but it, it is. It's like really good. Star studded. All yeah. headliners. All killer. Yeah. No filler, baby. So. We will do that at 9 o'clock for you. Uh, 7 o'clock, we'll have the Hall of Fame finalists uh, have been uh, announced for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll have that for you at 7 o'clock and also 7.30. We'll get you hooked up with WWE tickets. We'll be right back. Hang out. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 online, WRQK.com. Again, your iHeartRadio Music Awards announcement coming your way 9 o'clock this morning. The lineup is Huge. Huge. Also, 7 o'clock, we have the Pro Football Hall of Fame finalists. We have that list. Break that down for you. Big lists all over the place. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Like BuzzFeed. And the medicinal weed thing. Ah. 8.30, there's something going on with that that I didn't see coming. So we'll get into that around 8.30. Smoking dope. I have been on record multiple times 
saying that I don't really like the word offended. I don't really, I, I think people are really quick to go that way. I, I think people are really quick to use the word offended versus just saying what it is they're really feeling, which is that makes me a little uncomfortable. I would prefer you didn't do that. And instead, we've become these people that are like, I'm offended. You better stop doing that right now. And that, that's kind of annoyed me. And through those kind of conversations, I've said that the one thing that does kind of really offend me, and uh, most things don't, but one thing that really offends me is stolen valor. I, I find like like people who pretend that they were in the military who weren't for, for, for like financial gain or sympathy or for sex or whatever it should be. If you're exploiting that and claiming to have served this country when you didn't, I find that to be offend. As a guy who didn't serve, just for the you know for those people that might not know, I didn't serve, and I still find that to be an offensive thing to do. We all get so hung up on the word offensive and like it's a dirty thing now that you know. At the end of the day, is it wrong? Yes, and that's more than enough for me to be like stolen valor. You know, yeah, I'm not wild it, about it. It's wrong. It, it, there's, there's no debating it. So there is another version of this out there. That I never really thought of because again, I would never do this. So sometimes it's hard for me to put myself into other people's situations where it's like, well, yeah, you, you would do that because I, I just feel like this is a lower quality person thing to do. Okay. okay? And this is coming out of uh, South Haven, Mississippi, I believe. And this is Olive Garden where. <laughs> okay. All right. What's going on <laughs> at the OG? Uh, the Olive Garden had to dismiss one of their servers. And I'm interested to talk to you about this story because you have served in restaurants a million times, and I'm interested to see if you've ever heard of a case of like this. Important to note, I have served, yes, in, in the Olive Garden, not in the military. We're talking about stolen valor. We're talking Fair. about all these Fair. things. Fair. I want to make it perfectly clear. Have I, have I, have I, have I given yeah. people breadsticks? Yes. Bullets? No. He, his life's a mess. He didn't serve <laughs> in the mess. So uh, there's a case now where customers feel like they caught a Olive Garden server in a lie, in a ruse, to elicit more tips from their customers. Now, okay. a good server will do things like this, but lying's too far. But you might, you may, you know, you're definitely more friendly the more money you're trying to make, or you're trying to relate to, to these people in a certain way, or you know, you might be like, you might be like, oh yeah, my girlfriend and I, maybe you're single or whatever, to try to you know keep conversations going to get more tips. That I get. I can remember being far more agreeable in the sense of if somebody was like, hey, my favorite team is the... You I know, love them like, too. They're great. I love them hey, too. I'm going to be right. voting for this person, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I agree with your politics. Yeah. I would totally sell out my my beliefs and my thoughts just For to, electricity. Just, just, <laughs> yes. just to get an extra two bucks out of you. For sure, I would And I'm that. okay with that kind of stuff, okay? Because okay? I don't feel like there's a lot really riding there okay? okay but when you try to play off of somebody's sympathy for you or somebody else's good nature and you look to take advantage of that that's where i'm gonna stop you and in south haven mississippi i believe this is like i said a customer stephen hughes said we felt sorry for this server because he had concocted this story about the fact that he had cancer uh, and was like battling cancer and surviving cancer and that whole thing to get more tips from his from his patrons. 
That to me, not that I can say it's the same thing as stolen valor, but it's definitely on the line of, bro, you'd be willing to do that too, I bet then. And it's I, I, I'm not wild about that. Well, both are, I mean, gross misrepresentations and obviously playing on the sympathies of people and, and exploiting, you know, people's good nature. So eh, terrible. He was telling people that, you know, I have a lot going on in my life and my cancer's coming back. He kept going on and on, like, uh, you know, like wanting people to feel sorry for him and we we're going to leave a tip we were going to leave this huge tip they were saying and of course like i said i mean i'm still a server you know part-time and it's like dude when when you need to make money you kind of shine it on a little bit you just do it's part of the gig at least you better i mean if you want to be a good server you better a big but you don't lie no did this guy ever have cancer was this something like hey i beat cancer 10 years ago and it could come back i mean was it something like that i i I don't want to make i don't want to make room for this dude's lies but so a woman had reported a similar incident about the about the employee, right? She said she doubled his tip after he sighed deeply and revealed a fight with cancer. She said a red flag went up when she heard him bragging to another waiter about getting a $100 tip the night before after she had tipped him. She's like, it's just not ethical. And apparently another woman and her mother were in the restaurant and they tipped the waiter a hundred bucks after hearing his struggle with cancer. And he said, and she, you know, they said, I've had family members. Of course, everybody yeah. knows somebody affected with cancer. Everybody, of course. the disease is too big. There's too many versions of it. Everybody knows somebody. So of course, when you hear something like that, you want to be like, oh my God, that's, uh, that's my niece or my uncle or my mom. And so like, you want to help somebody. And according to the information I have here, there was no trace of cancer ever. He was just concocting these stories to make money. Wow. And I just, like I said, I would never do that. So sometimes I forget that people are low rent enough to do things like that. And not only would I not do that, I'm just trying to put myself in the situation. If my server told me they had cancer, what would that do for me? Would oh, that, I'm tipping more money. Uh, I'm probably tipping the same. And uh, there's just a really? little bit. Of, yeah, there's just a little bit of me that's like, well, why are you telling me this? If I didn't ask you, like, hey, what's going on in your life? And that's one of the things. When I was a waiter, dude, I hated waiters who would go up to their table and just start spilling guts. I was like, dude, no, they're not here to talk to you. Not you're at not all. The, you're not the highlight of this evening. Not at for all. Them. Go take care of their drinks make sure their wants and needs are taken care of and, and then stay out of the way if they ask you like, yes hey matt what's going on with you and tell me about your life and, and and stuff like that that's one thing but if somebody just came over and just started spilling guts to me about cancer the okay thing, the thing i would think of in my it would mind raise a red flag it, at the very least i would be like well dude even if you are doing this you're playing you're, you're trying to pull my heartstrings you're right. intentionally trying to do this to if me. it came up in a conversation right if, if, I don't know how it would, like, but, but, you know, I'm sure there's a million ways that could happen. Then I'd be all right with it. But you're right. Like, if I was just out on a date or whatever, like, I'm just having dinner with a girlfriend or whatever, and we're sitting there and, and the waiter's just out of nowhere, the minute he walked away, I would, I know how that conversation would go. I would look at the girl I was with and I'd be like, you believe that? That guy's trying to shake us down. That was a shakedown right there. And I know the girl would be like, oh my God, you're so heartless and you're such a dick. He's got cancer. He's going to die. Give him money. And like, and, I, and again, I probably would. But if it came out of nowhere like that, I think yeah. it would raise a red flag for me. Like, uh, hey folks, my name's, you know, Matt and I'll be taking care of you tonight at the Olive Garden. You know, did and you I got ball cancer. Right. Like, did you, did you save room for dessert? And I'm dying. Like, what do you, uh, how do you, how do you get there in that conversation without throwing a million red flags? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, dude, imagine, dude, a hundred dollar tip. I mean, that's nice. Oh yeah, it's huge. Those are good. It's huge, great. You know, real quickly, you know, I, I did this the other day, and I think people missed my point. Is I, 
you know, I was serving New Year's Eve, and, and, and I, I woke up the next day, and I kind of posted online. I said, you know, I was going to post all the pictures of the receipts of, of all the, you know, the bills that we got stiffed on last right. night. I said, but, you know, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to fix that kind of stuff with pics. It's all about parenting, and that ship has sailed. And my point wasn't to bitch about the fact that I didn't make money. I worked New Year's Eve. I worked clutch. I made more than enough money. I made more money that night than most servers make in a week. I did very well. But there were more than enough. Not a week. Probably three days. Eh, but you got to see clutch. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, eh, dude, I, I made a ton yeah. of money. We saw yeah. one of my favorite bands. It, it, dude, I love that job. But my point was is to kind of tell other servers, dude, don't do that. Don't do that. Getting stiffed on bills sucks. I understand it, but you're not going to change people's minds. People are either the kind of people who tip or they're not. A photo of your receipt's not going to make people go, you know, I never thought of it that way. I don't think so. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before, about three or four times. And so, like, I guess we could round it out to, you know, get a, you know, get a hot five. But I don't, I don't think so. And so I, that stuff kind of annoys me. Because I also know, like, dude, there have been times when I've been stiffed where my attitude... And how I handled it definitely weighed in on that. Well, that's one thing. That's one thing. But if it, if it's happening on a regular basis and somebody's just not tipping, I mean, listen, I don't agree that like online shaming is really going to change anything anyway. But in the big picture, does it hurt anything other than I guess that waiter probably getting fired? I yeah, I was going to say I think maybe what it does is I think it might hurt your chance to be rehired by somebody else and and say you know what I don't want that kind of attention on my patrons because at the end of the day, does your boss want you to be tipped? Yes, because he wants you to be a happy employee and he wants you to stay there and he doesn't want to have to find another waitress but at the end of the day as long as they pay their bill for their food they don't really care and you're just going to upset them so there is that uh there <laughs> dude you won't believe the story i have out of west virginia we'll give it to you next hang on rock 106.9 welcome back to the stands show on rock 106.9 again nine o'clock at your uh, announcement for the iHeartRadio music awards is it the festival? God, is it pool party? Damn it! I can't, honestly, I, I don't. I, I you know what? I, I don't remember. I think is is it the awards? I think it's the awards. Is it once in a lifetime? You know, you would think I would write it down. Is that it, it, is it Vegas or LA? I don't know. Damn it! I forgot to listen to that part too. <laughs> Oops. Is the CW going to play it? That's why they're, yeah, it's on three different TV channels. Nice. It's on, honestly, I've heard that part. It's on three different TV stations. Like, the iHeartRadio Music Awards is becoming the NFL. Like, it's just like dominating TV. You know, let me tell you, it seems like things are really good for this company, right? It seems yeah. like things are good. Eight bajillion Facebook fans, more ratings than anyone else on the face of the planet. You think? Got, got a pretty good radio show in Canton, they do. iHeartMedia does. Sansbury, Fantone, times are good. Let's live high off the hog. Not the I think case. I think their plan to get me in shape was not pay me enough to own a car, so I have to walk to work. There you go. Not pay you enough to eat. <laughs> That's their health plan. Poverty's a hell of a diet. You know, I, I shouldn't bitch. I got a pretty I got a pretty comfortable life. I shouldn't complain. So before we get to the story out of West Virginia, and I do want to get into it because it's okay. crazy, but uh, we posted this video yesterday. At WRQK.com. And maybe you saw it. And somebody had hired a stripper for, like, their eight-year-old birthday. Like, for their eight-year-old son, they hired a stripper. Right? Now, that's crazy. Yeah. I've gotten into this plenty of times. My mom had plenty of questionable things while raising me, but nowhere near that. Right? Like, nothing near like that. 
And so we posted it, and I knew it would, you know, elicit a reaction, and that's, you know, what we get paid to do. So, you know, that's definitely what we're trying to do there. And so I knew people were going to get into it and, you know, have something to say about it or whatever. And I just figured, I was like, you know what, let me go check the comment section and see what, you know, let me get, let me get people's take on that. So, of course, there's 9,000 comments of how could you do that, worst mother ever, right. take the kids, do child protective services, all the stuff you would expect to hear. And then I stumble across this comment. And I'm not going to give you the guy's name because he, you know, obviously listens to the program. And I'm not trying to like call him out. And I, you know, I don't want to make him mad or whatever. But he's got a profile pic because it's, you know, again, this was on Facebook where the comments were. So, you know, you kind of have that. And it's him holding his two sons. Like they look like both like really young boys. I'm assuming they're his sons. He could be an uncle, whatever. But he's like holding these two little boys. Like they look like like three, like four years old. And he's like holding them, right? And his comment was, ah, who cares? It's none of your business. We shouldn't be worrying about things that aren't our business. And by that filter, then nothing is our business. Right. And if you have a little kid birthday party, that wasn't only him. My guess is there was other little kids there. And then that does become the, the community's business. If a mom is hiring a stripper for multiple little kids, even if it's just strictly her child, it's still the community's business to, is to, it? to, to, well, to speak up for people who don't have voices and sexualizing children, which is, you can't tell me have any stripper perform do that, for your right. eight year old is, do isn't doing that and, and, and isn't, isn't putting your child in. I couldn't believe that a guy. It's abuse. Like, I couldn't believe. Like I expected. Like honestly, because everybody, not everybody, but like a like a wide range of people listen to us. So you'll get like people all the way from twelve years old all the way up to seventy who listen. So I expected like one of our fifteen, sixteen, maybe our, right. one of our high school right. boy students to be like, ah, oh, who cares? But when I saw a man like close to my age, a father who didn't, who wasn't bothered by that, I was like, whoa. I mean, should we just let you do whatever you want to your children? Should there be no standard and they're my kids and I can do whatever I want? It's crazy. And yeah, it's totally, it's totally the community's responsibility to step in for that kid there. The, he can't uh, protect himself. That video is still online for you, WRQK.com. Uh, we have Joe Rogan speaking out on uh, Ronda R- uh, Rousey's loss. That's up there. And uh, Fantone actually found a post for you. All the new laws in 2017. So uh, we can help keep you out of jail. You can stay up to, uh, you know, stay up to date on that at uh, WRQK.com as well. A lot of stuff in there that I wasn't necessarily privy to. I didn't know that all those things were. I uh, haven't was, read it all the way through yet. It, it, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff where you're like, whoa, didn't know that. Okay, good. I'm uh, yeah, I want to read that today. I want to uh, I want to stay up to date on that, and you can too at wrqk.com. So the story out of West Virginia that I wanted to get into is just strange. It's okay. just, I mean, it, it's <sighs> we now know because of body cams and all this stuff, you can't just trust cops. Like, I want to, and, and, and I'm, more, I'm more prone to get a cop's back than I'm not. I, I feel like I'm pretty strong on record on that. And I think that's the way it should be. Right. I think we should give, give them the benefit of the doubt, but there still needs to be accountability. In, Gotta in, have oversight right. on everything, right? And so I hear this story, and this just solidifies why you can't just trust them blanket. Like, you just can't just be like, yep, I just trust cops all together. A new sheriff in West Virginia was fired three days into the job. Three days. Fantone's made it at jobs longer than that. Yeah, I have. Three days into the job. Now, it's West Virginia. Would you like to venture a guess as to how this sheriff got himself fired? Three days into the game. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say he was moonshining. West Virginia, you know what I mean? He's in the backwoods there. He's got a still going, and he's moonshining. <laughs> okay. That's, That's go not a bad guess. And you're, it's along the line, sort of, in the f- fact that it's, a, that it's a substance that you're not supposed to be messing with. 
This new sheriff, West Virginia, broke into the evidence room and stole meth. Meth from the evidence room. Three days into the gig and got fired. Three days into the gig. Bro, I don't care if you're the new sheriff. If you're new on the job, somebody is assigned to watch you and report back to somebody else. Whether you know that's happening or not, that happens. I know, you know, going into, especially being the sheriff, not, you know, being, this isn't talking about like just a patrolman or anything like this. You probably have, you know, I think even patrolmen have a little bit of the God complex of, well, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm a cop. You know what I mean? So, so I can understand that. And especially more so with the sheriff, but dude, there's a little bit of the buffer zone in life. And I'm not saying it's ever okay to break into the uh, evidence room and and steal methamphetamine, but uh, you definitely don't want to do that in the first week. You got to give that a little bit of time. You know how in the first week of the new job you're like all right i'm on probation i'm gonna show up a little bit early i'm gonna stay a little bit late i'm gonna work really hard make sure the boss sees me you know knuckling down i'm gonna gonna get it done p's and q's yeah you can't steal meth in the first week dude no now i know you could be looking to steal meth to sell it and that you can make money but my initial reaction was well he went to go take it so he because he wants to take meth right like he wants to use the meth and so my so then if that's the case and your 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 desire for methamphetamine is so strong that you're willing to steal it. There was no red flags in the interview process of dude. This guy's sweating balls in this chair right now. He's chewed through two pencils and like right like there was no like you know you might not know somebody standing next to you is on like has just smoked a joint, right? You know somebody's on meth. <laughs> you see it and you're like, oh, meth mouth. Oh, look, your jaw's hanging off the side of your face. Meth, right? And I mean, if this guy's the sheriff of the town, he obviously, I mean, he was voted in, right? I mean, so this guy was able to run a successful campaign to become the sheriff of his town on meth. It's amazing. And I don't know, I I legitimately don't know the answer to this. So I'm just going to throw it out and I'm just kind of curious. But are you drug tested? I mean, because you're right, you get voted in on that, that kind of thing. Like, do you get drug tested on that kind of thing? I don't know. Uh, public officials, not necessarily. I don't know what the police hiring rules are. So let me get this straight. You put bread in the bag at Schwabel's, pee in the cup, but but you drive a police cruiser for the city? No? Like, I, dude, I got to tell you, that seems like a crazy system. That seems upside down. Meth out of your system quick. You know what I mean? Maybe he's is it before. is it one of those things like Coke? It's like seventy two hours. Any uh, any 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 stimulant like that's gonna get out of your system quick. Like anything. I'm proud like of that. myself for not knowing that. See, there you go. I'm I'll proud get, of myself. I'll break you off with all this information, but no, anything like that's gonna get out of your system quick. Maybe he took a forty eight hour break, but a forty eight hour break off of meth, dude. That might as well be a forty eight day break off of meth, right? right? This had to be about the money of it. This had to be about, you know, it's West Virginia's small town. Probably his cousin Cooter probably sells it on the south side. And he was like, you know what? I'll go get you two bricks and, you know, we'll knock it off. And then, you know, next thing you know. But three days into the – how fast have you ever been fired from a job? Not three days, dude. Never. I mean, even in, like, the training process, you know, what? I mean? you, 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 you just don't start stealing meth until at least a month in. Dude, if you – honestly, all the jobs you've had, you wouldn't have even got your plastic tag for your shirt yet. <laughs> <laughs> the Pro Football Hall of Fame has released the list of finalists for – for this year, we have it. We'll break it down for you next on The Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 7.30, we'll get you hooked up with those WWE tickets. January 22nd, Canton Civic Center. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to that. Soon. I think I'm going to go to that. The promotions department was nice enough to uh, to give me tickets to that. So I may uh, I may head over to the Civic Center and check out some some 
big time wrestling, as my dad used to call it. As you damn well should, dude. It's a Monday Night Raw event. It's going to be awesome. Uh, featuring Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, WWE Women's Champion Charlotte. It's Raw? Well, it's not an episode of Raw. It's a Raw event. Like, there's oh, okay. Raw and SmackDown, and they do their own events now. Okay. Man, Vince, dude. That guy, you might not like what his business is, but that guy knows how to turn a dime. He's got a dealy going in NXT. He's got like a uh, a light heavyweight thing in uh, that, 205 Live. That NXT thing was very, very smart. Very, very smart. You now care about these dudes from the beginning of their career to the end of it. That is so smart. I can't wait for that 30 for 30 on the XFL, by the way. I think we're getting that soon. It's pretty it's soon. Be, yeah. yeah, I think it's soon. I'm very interested to see that. So 7.30, we'll get, uh, send you out to the WWE. So I have here the 2017 Modern Era finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hey, I've been there before. (laughs) As we broadcast about a freeway exit away from it. One or two there. Now, we're starting to get into the time now every year with this where now the players from the Modern Era are all players I grew up watching. So it's really, this is really fun now for me. It's definitely, uh, what do I want to say? It's a rite of passage when it comes to getting older. When your favorite band from when you were a kid is on the classic rock station. When See, I was going to celebrate this, and you're going to make me hate it. You're going to make me absolutely hate it. And all of a sudden, dude, you've got yourself some grays down there, and it's like, yeah, you know what? My favorite football player should be in the Hall of Fame. You know what? That I'll say this, and guys, you know this is true. That moment... When you realize when you turn on the TV and you watch like the stud quarterback on the NFL and he's far younger than you, mm. that day in life is Sucks. like, oh man. Sucks. Man, man. Like, I remember like when I hit like, I think it was like 30, and I realized somebody said to me, you're too old now to go on like an MTV reality show. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. Real world <laughs> doesn't want your old ass. Oh no. Oh no. So yeah, no. So, so we have the modern era list here. Okay. And we have the 15 modern era finalists. And I don't know how you say no to most of these guys. Okay. Do we know what the, what the, what the number is of how many get in? Wasn't it six? Seven, is it six? Nine? I don't know. I don't know what the final number is, what the final count is. <clears throat> I don't know what the, uh, what the grand. It does is. not say here. But on the list is Morton Anderson. The kicker from the New Orleans Saints. He played with the Falcons for a while, Giants, Kansas City Chiefs as well, Minnesota Vikings. I mean, he was automatic. I, I, I read that I was reading this this morning, and he played as recently as 2004, I think, yeah, with which Minnesota, is, which is insane. Mort Anderson has been old to me forever. I've he, always thought of that dude as old. Rookie in 1982. Wow! And he played all the way up to 04. Yeah. That's crazy. Just goes to show you what you should be pushing your kids to do, like. Kickers can play forever because they never get hit. They only do one thing. The rest of the time you're sitting there drinking Gatorade. That's a good gig. That's a good. A that's one. a good gig. Obviously, you can end up like the Ohio State kicker, miss two huge kicks. Everybody wants to strangle you. Everyone wants to see you, you know, he die. Got, dude, he got like 
death threats. Of course he did, dude. What, you, think, you think Buckeye Nation wasn't going to start start throwing around, I'm going to kill you? You know what, Buckeye Nation? You're just, you, you spoiled, spoiled brat babies. You sent 11 players to the draft last year, five in the first round, and you were still the second best team in the country. If that's not good enough for you, then you're a spoiled ass brat, you baby. I, uh, I was blown away during that game when people were like, oh, it's over, the Buckeyes, I hate them, they suck. I hate the Buckeyes, dude, I hate them. They're but a year it, away, it, if not two, they're young. If you can't recognize, like, oh, hey, this was a good sports season, that's on you, homie. Then, right, then you're just a spoiled brat baby. Also with Mort Anderson, obviously all the accomplishments as a kicker. Um, he's been eligible for a while. His 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 uh, work with ESPN, I also think, should play a role. Oh, I don't at all. You no, don't no, think no, so? No, 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 no. I don't think, dude, there's a whole other Hall of Fame for that. I think when you're talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's about what you did on the field and for the league. I don't I, I know you can make the argument that broadcasting helps the league. I know you could. It totally does. But I dude, that's not no I, I don't like that. Should it be the one and only determining factor? No, but I definitely think your what you've done post career and how you've helped the NFL post career certainly should be a part of it. Oh, like, I don't think so. Because there are guys who can totally help the NFL pass their playing career who who could fit who could fit the defining bill that way who shouldn't be in. Right. I don't like that at all. I like keeping it centric. I don't even want to bring in like the nice like charity things they do off the field into it. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's where you dominate at the position while you were playing. That's it. Slam the door. And, and I, I really think that needs to be the only qualification. We do we get too far into what these dudes do anyway. I wish we didn't know what they were doing. So even like even off the field contributions, a dude like Art Modell. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't deserve to be in the Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, he was an owner. Well, I mean, like but, of one of the original franchises. But, so like, yeah. So so, but that's not a domination on the field. I think you got to make room for owners because without an owner, you wouldn't have the field. You wouldn't have the you wouldn't have the players to you know to play on the field. I can make the argument of well, if you don't have the broadcasting, none of us are watching the game. Yeah, but people were going to football games before they were televised. So I I, I think you got to leave the broadcasting way out of it. Isaac Bruce is on the list this year, 1994 to 2007, played with the Los Angeles St. Louis Rams there. I didn't realize he was with the 49ers for a while uh, either, but he was part of that greatest show on turf um, in St. Louis there. He was amazing. Um, he'll probably get in. Perimeter player, flashy, really good, dominant. I bet he'll get in. Those dudes have gotten a lot recently. Orlando Pace got in. Uh, yeah. Kurt Warner got in. So I wonder if it'll be like, sorry, Isaac. Mm, Kurt Warner's on the list this year. Oh, is he? Yeah. I, I thought he got in I was two years ago or something. But He I, was nominated again. He'll, uh, it, uh, it, I, he wasn't a first balloter. I, I think... Remember, because it was like Brett Favre, and there was oh, like yeah, a yeah, other yeah, quarterbacks, quarterback, yeah. and it was like, dude, you're not going to upstage Brett Favre, or you're not going to have it. So I think he seems to be like the quarterback out of this class, Kurt Warner does, so he'll probably get in. Uh, Terrell Davis, the running back from the, from that big Denver Broncos run, is on that list. Brian Dawkins, the safety from the Philadelphia Eagles, and also the Broncos there uh, on the list as well. Alan Fenica, the guard from the Steelers, boo, uh, Jets and Arizona Cardinals. So hard to uh, so hard to pick the right offensive lineman, in my opinion. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. you, you know, obviously bigger football fans than I and, and and people who vote on things like this know more. But it's just such a tough position to like. Well, should this guy make it or should he not? Because you're just not watching what they do every play. Right, you just, you just don't, don't see know. it. Joe Jacoby was a tackle, I guess, from uh, 1981 to 93 with the Washington Redskins. I don't know anything about him. He's probably deserving. I don't know. Uh, Ty Law, the really good cornerback from the New England Patriots run, the Kansas City Chiefs as well, Broncos, um, was really good when he was playing. Uh, I believe won a Super Bowl with New England. 
which I know helps you know your uh, your run into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Should. Given where he played, my guess is he'll probably get in. John Lynch, free safety, Bucks and Denver Broncos yeah. gets in. Isn't he? Hasn't he been eligible for a while though? Yeah, I don't know if it'll be this year, but he, I mean, you know, he's going to go in. I don't know. I mean, once you start getting into the hey, how long have you been eligible and you haven't made it in yet? I just, I, I think I saw that he was four or five years eligible. Oh, really? And like, I, dude, I can just remember John Lynch lighting suckers off, dude. I remember that dude being one of the hardest hitting NFL players. I, I can oh, remember couldn't play watching. today. Couldn't like, play today. Lighting fools up. John Lynch would have to donate his salary every week in in today's NFL because you're not allowed hit anybody. I mean, dude, they play like sissies now. Like, John Lynch couldn't even play in today's league. Terrell Owens, wide receiver on the list, 1996 to 2003 with the 49ers, 04-05 with the Eagles, Dallas Cowboys for two seasons, the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals for that year. You're going to get into the conversation of no titles, right? Or did he win one in San Fran? Was he there for that? I can't remember. But I think he just rubbed people the wrong way. And, dude, their politics goes into this. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It should be all about your production on the field. But politics definitely goes into this. And I wonder if he's going to get in. Six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, over 15,000 career receiving yards. Second most in NFL history. It's not even a debate, dude. It's not I, even no, a debate. I think he should go in. Third most touchdowns in NFL history. Oh, is that right? It's not even a debate. Yeah, you got to get in. How is he not already in? <laughs> Mind-boggling. Wow, man. Dude, it's... You can forget how good T.O. was, man. Second in receiving yards, third in receiving touchdowns. All time. What are you not? How is he not there? And you could say whether you like all this celebrating or not, but where did they all get it? That was all T.O., right? I mean, I, I mean, I know there were other wide receivers doing this kind of stuff, Ocho and a lot of these guys. But T.O. was one of those big guys who kind of like started moving that downfield. Jason Taylor, the uh, defensive end from the Miami Dolphins team, Redskins as well, played with the Jets for a little while. I mean, I know he was really good, and they talked about him a lot when he was playing. I, I'm not sure if that'll be uh, if there's enough sizzle there. And I'll tell you, this guy better get in. We already told you, Kurt Warner is the is the quarterback for the list. Ladanian Tomlinson, the running back from the from that uh, those really solid San Diego Chargers team. He played with the uh, with the Jets for a little while too, near the ending of the career. But didn't he have? I think he had like a 2,000 rush season that year. Like he broke the NFL rushing record. And I mean, dude, the, they were dominant in the you know the AFC for a while. I know no championships, and I know that's what I can. I'm looking at my notifications on Twitter. I haven't even opened it yet, but there's like 40 of them, and I know what you're all doing. No championships, no ring, no ring, no ring. It's because ever since Twitter got invented, that's the only thing we care about is rings. Well, we just gave you To's numbers. Look at that, dominant, dominant. Everybody knew To was getting the ball, couldn't stop him. Everybody knew that ball was being thrown To's way, couldn't stop him. That's a Hall of Famer. That's a Hall of Famer. Plus, he played a Super Bowl on a broken leg. On a broken leg, played in a Super Bowl. Well, and I think anytime you start putting one criteria, and that's the only thing that is, is going to dictate whether this guy is or is not worthy, you're going to start making real mistakes. I don't think there's any one silver bullet of getting into the Hall of Fame. and It's an accumulation of what you were able to do over your career, how successful your teams were, how long you were able to sustain success, individual dominance at your position. I, I, you know, I just feel like there's a million things that should go into this decision. So if championships or rings is your one and only barometer, I mean, come on. You can't like. do that. Terrell Owens, this is his second time being nominated. Kurt Warner's third time being nominated. Paul Tagliabue, four. He'll get in. How? How is Tagliabue not in he's the, I mean, he's the commissioner hey, of the in. league. Come I mean, he'll, he'll get in. Come on. Morton Anderson's fourth time on the list. He's a kicker. That's going to be tough. He deserves to go in, but it's going to be tough. 
But it seems like I bet Kurt Warner's the quarter. I mean, Kurt Warner will get in this year. There's no other quarterback on the list. I assume they're going to want to make this as star-studded as possible over the next three years, every year, trying to upstage the next one. So I think that probably will have a little bit of like, all right, well, who's getting in, who's not, and you're you right. you got to look Kurt at last Warner. year. I mean, they just had Farve. Right. you got, I mean, you got to have some panache on this. Kurt Warner's probably that next punch. You know, you throw him and T.O. in there together, you know, yeah. there's a lot of, that's a lot of... A lot of eyes on that. Right. A lot of intention on that. Uh, that's always a, such a just such a fun time of year. I can't wait for that. And, yeah. uh, dude, I, I, again, I'm not like a big Rams fan. I was never a big, huge Cardinals fan either, but Kurt Warner was something else. And what a great story, the NFL. Everybody knows the story. Sock and shelves. Next thing you know, he's throwing touchdown passes, wins the Super Bowl, changes an, an entire culture around. Exciting uh, Hall of Fame weekend coming up and extended. It's going to be the games on Thursday now, yeah. which is pretty cool if you ask me. Start painting the field now. Get it dried. Got to finish that field. Yeah, they do. Uh, speaking of which, my uh, a very close friend of mine is uh, works for the company who's handling a lot of that. Yeah. And she says everything's on schedule. Nice. And more announcements are coming soon. And she says, she told me, she was like, I don't want to tell you now. She's like, because I know you can't control yourself. She's like, but when I tell you what's happening there, she's like, it's gonna blow your mind. You're gonna be so happy you live there. Once the uh, once the weather breaks, we should try to uh, use our influence to get a uh, behind the scenes tour of. The I would like to do that event. again because yeah. we did it last time during the construction. It'd be interesting yeah. to see how different it is now. So, there's your list of finalists, and we'll get choked up with those WWE tickets next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're about to get hooked up with WWE tickets. They're coming back to town at the Canton Civic Center January the 22nd. That's a Monday Night Raw event. And uh, we have tickets for you. I believe Roman Reigns is going to be in town. Oh, Kevin yeah. Owens is oh, uh, going to yeah. be part of this. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying names that I've heard before. I don't know who anybody. Oh, the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Roman Reigns is the dude that looks like he's from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. uh, he's He's got that Polynesian dark stare to him. My girlfriend loves Roman Reigns. Yeah, I bet she does. She does. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus will be there. The New Day is going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Who's the Latin lover, dude? Uh, Alberto Dongrio is what my girlfriend calls him, but he uh, he's no longer with the WWE. Is that right? Yeah, he left. Huh, interesting. Yeah. So we'll get you hooked up with those tickets here shortly. Coming up at 8 o'clock, also, we'll uh, break down Jimmy Haslam's letter to the Browns fans. Oh. Break that down. 8 a.m. this morning. So, as we sit here January 4th, we are seven days a week away from the three-year anniversary of the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. Really? Okay. Okay. I'm not proud of it, uh, but during a time of deep depression between gigs, I had made a critical error in judgment and drove all intoxicated. Was pulled over for that. Nobody got hurt. No car accidents happened. Everybody walked away from it, but it ended up costing me a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken very candidly since this has happened and kind of told my story and just trying to remind people, like, it's not worth it. Don't do it. I don't care how close you live to where you're drinking. I don't care how, you know, how you've done it a million times. You're not going to don't do it. It's going to cost you a ton of money. It took me years to get back on track. I'm just now able to drop my SR22 next week. That's like another 200 bucks on top of your car insurance every month. It's so much money. Yeah, you know, financially, it's 
obviously been a big burden for you. I think there's a little bit of you've had moments of self-realization where I don't think you think of yourself as like an immoral person, but you know that was a bad decision. And like I just know better. There, there's I'm a, smarter. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of 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 negative that comes with something like now, that. Now, as I say all that, I will say that it ended up being a positive thing that happened to me because I feel like my life needed to be smacked in the face like that, needed to be brought down to reality that bad things can happen to me, and I feel very lucky that everybody walked away. Nobody got hurt. I want to give you credit in the sense of it was not a positive thing for you, in my opinion. How you reacted was a positive well, way. Well, there you go. And hats off to you. I, for I, well, thank you for that. And I hear life is 90% how you react to it. There you go. I chose, I, this is my theory on life. I don't really like regrets. Mistakes are going to happen in your life, and that's totally fine. As long as you learn and make that mistake a lesson, I think it's all, it's all right to make mistakes. All right? And, you know, one of my, he was very tough on me, but one of my favorite radio bosses ever used to say to me all the time, Stansbury, you can make as many mistakes as you want, but if you make the same one two days in a row, I'm going to fire you. He's like, because if you don't learn, then you can't work here. I was like, okay. And I like that system. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because I, you know, I like to kind of stay, I like to remind people, do drinking and driving is just not beneficial. Just don't do it. But a guy got a DUI in California and I don't, and I don't like it. And, and I, and I think he should be let off of it. Okay. So he was driving home this back in August, Silicon Valley out there in California, okay? And he was pulled over, and he was charged by the Solano County District Attorney with misdemeanor driving under the influence of a drug, okay? He was driving home from work when he was pulled over by an agent from the California Department of Alcohol Beverage Control uh, who was driving an unmarked vehicle. I didn't even know that was an organ. I didn't even know like states had that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not surprised. I am surprised that they have the authorization to pull somebody over. You're not a law enforcement officer. Right there, I already have a problem with this. Their, their agent says he cut her off, was driving a little erratically. She pulled him over. Okay, They give him a breathalyzer test. Ask okay. him to blow into the, He's driving home from work, knows he hasn't drank. He goes, sure, give me, give me the breathalyzer. I'll do it. Okay. He blows a, a 0.00. Nothing. He's flat. Like Honestly, even if you haven't drank, that's hard to do. Like right. the, it, It's going to register something. Right, he was then booked into the county jail, and then they wanted to draw his blood because they didn't believe the breathalyzer test. Okay, so they draw the blood. The tox report comes back negative, meaning there was no evidence in his bloodstream of benzodiazepines, cocaine, opiates, THC, or other muscle relaxants, something I can't pronounce, methamphetamine, MDMA, oxycodone, and zolpidem. I don't know what that is. So so he shows... Shout out to drugs I've never heard of. 0.0 on the alcohol test and no drugs either. No no drugs either. Okay. 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 Then what's going on here? But after 18 months, he's preparing to go to trial. Now, the only thing, the only evidence the DA has that they've provided of intoxication is a blood test that shows, and wait for it, the presence of caffeine. And they're charging him with DUI. The samples were screened a second time by a lab in Pennsylvania, according to the documents provided to uh, the website The Guardian, where the sole positive result was for caffeine, a substance likely coursing through the veins of many drivers, obviously. Now, his... Attorney has filed a motion for the case to be dismissed because of the charge were not brought until like June, nearly 10 months after the incident. So I don't know what this county's doing, but it just sounds like they're grasping for straws. 
But if we get to the point where you can't have ca- like a certain level of caffeine in your system and drive, we're all screwed. Do you not think that a certain level of caffeine is going to be an intoxicant to you? We though? know. I don't know. I, I, we're going to get into. I don't know what the definition of intoxicant is. So I want to. Stay, I, I want to be careful of saying that. But what I will say is, I've definitely had enough caffeine in my system to make me like jittery. And should you be behind the wheel when you're in that kind of state? When when you when you can't even control your own. I want to say you'd be fine, but of course there's going to be people that can't handle now, it. Now listen. I, I mean, is it is it is this is this? We're, we're kind of talking about two different things here in the sense of like this guy's obviously getting hosed. Unless you can show me that this caffeine report was so through the roof and he had so much caffeine in his system, he couldn't control his bodily functions. Because I'm sure there is a level of caffeine that you can't. I mean, it's a drug like any other. We all want to pretend like, no, it's coffee. It doesn't count as a drug. Yeah, it does. Dude, if you take more than enough, you know, pharmaceutical pills, you can certainly get yourself into a situation where you shouldn't be driving. You know, you take enough. uh, Uh, Dude, honestly, a recommended dose of that stuff, you shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car. So with that being said, I mean, there's going to be plenty of people out there who've been prescribed, you know, Vicodins from their doctor. They end up taking three of them before they go to work in the morning because their back hurts so bad and they're behind the wheel and they should totally be charged with with, with driving, you know, intoxicated. I'm just going to warn you guys right now, the audience right now, this is the first of two DUI stories we're going to talk about today when I tell you. Oh, yeah. Honestly, when we give you the next one at 830, you're going to be like, what? I can't believe that's true. But we'll get, but again, we'll put a pin in that. I, this is now the county saying, Sharon Henry, the chief deputy district attorney for the county, said in a statement that her office was conducting further investigation into the matter. The charge of driving under the influence is not based upon the presence of caffeine in the system, she says. But the lawyer, his lawyer, counters and says they have not provided me with any evidence to support a theory of prosecution for a substance other than caffeine at any time. They've never given her anything else. I mean, how does the judge take this seriously? You're right. This obviously, like I said, this guy's getting hosed, but even stuff like there's plenty of things that I I don't want to say necessarily intoxicate you, but there's plenty of things that even if you're too sad or too happy, you can be behind the wheel and be reckless because of those things. Do sneeze really hard while driving. Right. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... I, listen, I don't, I, I don't like the idea of, of, well, dude, you stopped and got a cup of coffee from McDonald's, and now we're going to throw you behind the, or, or throw you behind the bars. But uh, there's got to be a level, right? Well, they talked to a forensic toxicologist, Jeffrey Zender. Now he's constantly in court testifying in cases. Obviously, right. forty-one years he's been doing this. He says he's never seen a prosecution for driving under the influence of caffeine. He says if that's the case, you better come arrest me. You know what I mean? And of course, that's what everybody's going to say. I mean, how many cups of coffee? You're in your car right now on your way to work. How many cups of coffee have you had? Probably two, three, if not more. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but once again, it's not any level of caffeine. It's you know, if it's over a certain amount, I think you could say the same thing about nicotine. Where like, if what, dude? If you get, if you get, if you dude, get, dude, that a, is the most liberal statement I've ever heard. If you get a nicotine rush, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not necessarily. And I don't. Uh, the first cigarette of the day will make you a little lightheaded. Right. And I'm not saying that. I don't oh, think that's God, necessarily. I, cigarettes. I don't think that's necessarily a liberal thing. I'm just saying. Ah, uh, when you want to start enacting more laws over what if or what could happen, that's liberal. Well, I mean, should should. Uh, is, is the concept of having an alcohol limit liberal? Uh, no, I think, you know, we've seen enough people are dying where it's like you got, I don't, we haven't seen enough people die over, and yeah, you know, people are going to say, you have to wait till people die to make a change. Yeah, I think you do when when charging people with DUI for caffeine. I think you do got to wait till people die from it. I think if you're intoxicated, and where that line of intoxication is is obviously debatable, but I think if you're intoxicated behind the wheel, there's got to be some sort of... Now, the California Vehicle Code defines a drug... As any substance besides alcohol that could affect a person in a manner that would impair to an uh, to a certain degree his ability to drive normally. 
I've never had enough coffee to not be able to drive normally. But that's my, I mean, there's billions of people on the planet. You know, we can't just base this off of me. What if you're sucking down those like yellow jackets, those caffeine pills that truckers stay, to stay awake all night? I, well, I wonder if that's why, what the, this is what this is about. This is about trying to get like one of those things in to where they can start to do that yeah, dude, with if, truckers. If you're just snorting diet pills and like, you know what I mean? Like you can totally over caffeine yourself. Would you want? Would you want some trucker just hauling ass down there with an eighteen wheeler, just sucking down yellow jackets, washing it down with Red Bulls? Sounds like a bad, bad idea to me. I, I can't sign off on DUIs for caffeine. I can't sign off on that. I um, I just how many cups of coffee do you think it would take you? Like how many cups of coffee do you normally drink on a daily basis? Over here? a pot of coffee, at least. I mean, here before before ten o'clock, I drink a pot of coffee. Right, no, no doubt. I would think, right, and we're probably both on par. But, and have you ever felt like, man, I got to ride this out? Like, dude, before I got my DUI, I've definitely been in bars and been like, yo, man, can I order something to eat and drink a bunch of water? Like, man, I, uh, dude, I better ride this out before I drive. Which, of course, you weren't sober enough to drive anyway. But the, you know, the attic brain kind of tells you that you are. But I've never once had, like, caffeine and been like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm safe to do this right now. You've been jittery before, though, right? Maybe you shouldn't be driving when you're all jittery. I don't know, man. I can't. I, that feels, like, way out of left field to me. I can't sign off on that. We do have those WWE tickets. You know what? Let's hold off on that. Okay. We'll give you those next on Rock 106.9. This report is brought to you by Burger King's Breakfast. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. That's where you can podcast yesterday's program if you missed that. Also, have a pair of WWE tickets. We'll pass those out here shortly, just a few minutes. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need for those. Unless they fall off the back of the truck. I already got you a pair. Oh, nice. You're fine. Nice. Nice. You know, there's been a lot of news uh, lately about banks and big global banks and the stuff. And uh, you guys know I bank with CSE local credit union here and that's what i love about them is the fact that they're a local banking alternative they have all the same product services but they're local doesn't cost you anything to stop in at the office speak with the representative there csc even though some people were forced into a bank they still have a choice to change to a better financial institution csc has been locally owned and operated since 1938 and it isn't going to change it's a credit union board of directors our volunteers and all members, they all live in Stark County. Nice. Now, what's nice about CSE is that the decision and direction of CSE Federal Credit Union are based on what happens here locally, not nationally by a board of directors that's out of touch with your community in Stark County. Need more information? CSEFCU.com. We, uh, we were talking about automobiles earlier in the show, thinking about buying them. Yes. Um, and, dude, if you're thinking about a car loan... That's where I'm going to get my car loan. If you're for thinking sure. about a car loan, a credit union is a great way to go. CSE, none better than that. That's one of the reasons why I why I joined a credit union. Is I, they do offer you a lot of different things to where you can help turn your credit around. That was my New Year's resolution last year. And I have actually started to make uh, you know some huge dents in that. So yeah. I probably will take out my car loan from CSE. So, again, go. more info, CSEFCU.com. Uh, I do have some sad news to report as a 13-year-old boy was arrested in Canton last night. Um, uh, there's not a lot of info on this. I've been uh, trying to find more. If more info comes out throughout the day, we'll pass it out to you. But a 13-year-old boy was accused of stabbing a 12-year-old girl tw- uh, several times in Canton. Police say a 13-year-old boy was arrested. Stabbing a 12-year-old girl several times. The officers were called out to 14th Street Northwest around 8 o'clock last night. At the location, police found a girl had been stabbed uh, in one of her arms and both of her legs. Police say it happened as the two were arguing. 
And now a couple of adults who were home at the time tried to intervene there. The girl was taken to Altman Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, so that's good. If there's any yeah. silver lining, you yeah. know, she's going to be okay. Um, ultimately, she's going to live and survive. That's the, you know, the most important thing. But, man, that's scary. Um, you know, Obviously, there's not a lot of details in this story, and as more come out, well, I guess we'll find out more stuff. Does this to you? Does this read brother and sister, or does this read uh, boyfriend and girlfriend? I would have thought they would have said brother and sister. Right? They told you where the address is. They went there. They gave you the ages of the kids. Minors. I, I just don't know how deep they'll go into something like that. Maybe. I would have thought maybe they would have alluded to brother and sister. Maybe they didn't know when they at the time this article was written. That's right. also a possibility. Right. I don't know. Um, it seems to me more like either just young friends, boyfriend and girlfriend, that kind of thing, than it does brother and sister to me. I read it as my girlfriend came over, we got into an argument, and then this ended up happening. I read it as my sister really? is a bitch, and I hate her, and you know, and we got into a fight. But either way, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, There's I no mean, question about that. And stab somebody multiple times. Now, I'm not saying stabbing somebody once is like acceptable or anything, but like you make the bad decision, and in that moment, you do something intimate. you regret. Right, but then you continue to stab her multiple times? Stabbing's always been very curious to me because it's intimate. Like, I understand how somebody could stand, you know, 50 feet away from somebody, pull the trigger on a gun and go, oh, God, I can't believe I just did that. But, like, dry, taking something blunt or sharp and then driving it into somebody's body, how close you have to be to them for that and, like, how that – I don't know. It's just always seemed very, like – Intimate's probably not the right word, but it's definitely a much yeah. I guess yeah, I know intimate it's is the right word. word. It's the right word. It's it, the, you know, it's you're very close in proximity. It's it just seems like a very um, uh, harsh way to do that. You know what I mean? And all of 13 years old, this boy was no good. So I, I you know, I you know, I know what people are saying. You know, there was two adults. How did this happen? Well, you know how it happened. There's a house, and you know, you're not in the same room with people every time. They heard the screaming, intervened, and then the next thing you know, cops got you know called, and he got arrested. You know, don't get me wrong. In in, in some cases, there obviously is a prayer, parents need to be more involved, and blah blah blah. But you can't put that on every single story, every single time. Because let's be real, even you can be the best parent in the world, and your kid can still make a terrible, awful decision. My father was a minister in the community, right, right. an upstanding member of the community. My dad had no idea what I was doing every night while I was out or even when I was upstairs in my bedroom alone. They, they might have had an idea, but you don't know everything. Fantone's absolutely right about that. We do have those WWE tickets. Yeah. Let's give you those. Caller 25 will take at 1-800-243-765. You're off to the WWE and Fantone. I got good news, buddy. I got a letter from Jimmy Haslam that says everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Everything is uh, shiny and bright in Berea. We'll read you that next. Hang on. Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we have your announcement for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. You'll get that at 9 a.m. Who's performing? Who's nominated? When and where? And how you win your way in. That'll be 9 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Nikki Six telling us about that? Bobby Bones, Ryan Seacrest, who's telling us about that? I don't know who they have uh, who they've slotted for the announcement. I would hope it's Ryan Seacrest because let's be real, who's going to be Ariana Grande? Yep, she's going to be there. The weekend, yep, he's going to be there. Yeah, last year when it was Nikki Six reading it to all those artists he hates, it was like this is a little awkward. Well, don't worry, don't worry. It's going to be okay, guys. Uh, Billy Idol's going to be there. I'm surprised he doesn't work it into his deal that that six a.m. has to play all that stuff. I'm every, surprised he doesn't work that into his deal every show, every time, right? I mean, 
I, granted, there is a lack of good rock bands to put out there that are mass appeal enough that to make sense for like a radio music award show like that. Right. But I mean, dude, Nicky's a big enough star. You would think he would work it into his deal. Certainly speaks to, and we talk about it every Tuesday, but certainly speaks to where rock lands on the uh, on the mainstream appeal. Not even close. Uh, dude, Nobody there's cares. Country stars, there's rappers, there's pop stars, and they're all going to be there, the biggest and brightest, and maybe we'll have the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Maybe. There you go. Win your way into that. Black SUVs rolling up, dude. Boss man listening right now. It's not going to be a good day Yeah, for us. he is on the road right now. Not going to be a good day for us. Whoops. Sorry, buddy. You know he's spitting out that sweet tea all over his windshield right now. <laughs> it's not sweet tea! I know it isn't. Whatever you say. So 9 o'clock, we'll give you uh, that info. So I think we all know it's been a, uh, well, it was a very disappointing season for the Cleveland Browns. Now, I say that, but I didn't really, I mean, I predicted 0-20. I I threw in the four preseason games. I really did think that, I really did think that they were going to lose every single game this year. And I mean, they might as well have. They did their their damned best. It wasn't, it wasn't too far off there. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was a disappointment from a Browns fan perspective. I know I have this weird, like, I like when they lose. I think it's funny. I still consider myself a fan. But yeah, at the end of the day, I wish they were winners. I do. So the Haslams, Jimmy and D there. Sent out a letter to season ticket holders, which those poor some bitches. Because here's the thing: on some of those season ticket holders, they did it again. Like they bought them again next year. You know they did. How much? How you do that? I mean, what's it cost? uh, How rich do you have to be to buy Cleveland Browns tickets? Because at that point, it's not about being a fan; it's about having money to burn. uh, Right? Like that dude who was putting on the Owen sixteen parade. Like he's the season ticket holder. I don't think he's loaded that guy. I don't know what his financial situation is. I mean, I know he has a podcast, but I know I mean he's got a real job on top of not that podcasting is not a real job. I don't mean to say that, but it's like, not a real job. It's not a real radio show. It's not. Damn, Mo, you want to punch Matt in the face for that one? Seriously, it's not a real job. It's not a real radio show. Just because you have a podcast doesn't mean anything. If you're not Adam Carolla, you're not making money off Mark Maron. Shut up. Yeah, there's like four of them. Shut up. Okay. I'm going to have a podcast. Shut up. Man, I did not mean to walk us down God. that. God. So they sent out a letter to the season ticket holders, okay? And we have this. We have it here. So let's break this letter down, shall we? Andy writes. <laughs> With the close of the 2016 season, we wanted to thank you again for all of your support and apologize for such a disappointing year. We greatly appreciate the tremendous passion and loyalty of Browns fans, and it is a difficult season like this that shows how truly fortunate we are to have such support. We fully recognize how tough this season has been for you, and we want to let you know it has been equally hard for us. We are extremely grateful for your support and do not take it for granted. Clearly, this season has been a painful part of our building process. You deserve the best, and you certainly deserve better than a 1-15 team. We are sorry that our results have not been better. Immediately following last season, we communicated our commitment to bringing in strong, smart leaders with high character who would be relentlessly driven to improve our football team and look at every resource possible. We continue to feel very good about the leaders we have in place, Coach Hugh Jackson, Sashi Brown, and Paul DePotesta, and how they have approached their individual roles while working extremely well together, all with the sole interest of creating a consistent winning football team for you. While we obviously did not accomplish that this season, 
Our confidence in our leadership's character, attitude, approach, and ability remains strong as we face this year's challenges. We understand the critical nature of this upcoming offseason as we continue to improve our roster. Our personnel group has positioned us very well to add quality players through multiple high draft picks while maintaining salary cap flexibility and the ability to sign and retain core players. We remain committed and determined to rewarding you with the consistent winning team you deserve. We will continue to do all we can to reach that goal. Thank you for your support, D and Jimmy Haslam. Now, one of the things I'll say right out of the gate, and often you hear this in Cleveland Browns conversations, is man, oh man, is our bar low. A consistently winning team, most teams are like, hey, we're going to win you a Super Bowl. That's what we're going to do. Even Dan Gilbert, once LeBron left, is like, hey, I'm going to win you an NBA title. And I know that's a pie-in-the-sky thing, but I'd much rather have that than just saying, like, hey, maybe we'll go 8-8 eight and eight one year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like the Browns have the lowest bar of success, and they can't even get over that. Just can't even get over that. Well, like I said yesterday, the Ravens eight and eight. The Bengals were six nine and one, and we're not competitive in that division. Like your rivals eight and eight, five hundred, and you're not competitive. That's bad. Now I predicted this season was going to be bad. I knew it was going to be bad, and I knew it was going to be as bad as it was. I was the only guy out there telling you it was going to be as bad as it was. How can you? say that this was a part of the plan because obviously they were worse this year than they were the previous year. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's, hey, our guys are here to get better talented and we're going to get more talented and we're going to get the most out of our guys, but you regressed. So do you have the right people in place? I, I don't. All right. Do I know whether or not they have all the right people in place? No. I think we have a good head football coach. Outside of that, I don't know. I don't know what Jimmy's role in things are day in and day out as the owner. I don't know how much he's meddling versus just letting football people run football things. Um, the Sashi Brown thing has been a head-scratcher for me. Uh, I worry analytics don't play as well. I mean, I know Belichick's high on the analytics, uh, but I don't, I don't know that they play as well in football as they have in other sports. Um, and again, like Belichick spends money where you got to spend it. You know what I mean? Like, And he also was blessed with Tom Brady knowing, I can't take all the money, then you're not going to be able to sign anybody on the other side of the ball. We'll never win. Brady's a very, he signs very team-friendly contracts. A lot of guys don't do that. Uh, that's, again, what makes him probably the greatest ever. I So I, I believe in Hugh Jackson. I, I think you, all you got to do to believe in Hugh Jackson as far as the offense and as far as like being able to create a, a, a good offense is look at Andy Dalton. All you got to do is look at Andy Dalton. When he had Hugh Jackson, that kid was playing amazing. Since Hugh left, nothing. Nothing. Andy Dalton then ended up becoming Andy Dalton again. And that was all Hugh Jackson. A.J. McCarron, very much the same thing. He had that kid playing pretty good. I think there is something to Hugh knowing offenses, knowing quarterbacks. And I think, I've said this before, I think Hugh Jackson wanted Carson Wentz. I do. I think he wanted Carson Wentz, knew Carson Wentz could be good. And we just didn't want to spend the money. Now, I've been on record saying I'm totally fine with not spending the money on the number two, you know, a quarterback last year. Neither one of those guys were solidified number ones. And you're having the same thing again this year. So I don't know what they're going to do with the first pick of the draft. It's probably going to be Miles Garrett. I worry this Dak Prescott thing is going to change how people draft for the next three years in the league. And it's like, no, just find a quarterback in, in the bargain rounds. It can be done. Look at Dak. Tom Brady was a six-rounder. It can be done this way. And 
it can, obviously. I mean, guys can come out of any different round. It's just I'm not sure that's going to... I'm not sure we have the luck that comes into that. Well, I mean, it's probably right in the middle there where how many how many big-time quarterbacks have been drafted and busted versus how many quarterbacks right. have been drafted in the fourth-plus round and, 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 and ended up being a viable you know option. Um, at this point, the Browns, in my opinion, have so many holes. I don't want to be like, yo, trade down. But they have so many holes. Dude, you have to get some talent in there. Bring in a quarterback in, in my opinion. I don't think you should play rookie quarterbacks for a full entire year, especially when the Browns are so effing bad. So to pick a quarterback seems like just the wrong option. Obviously, there's not a culture of winning going on right now. I don't know how you tell a quarterback, hey, you're going to lead these guys. And next year, I mean, we talked to Scott from, uh, Scott from winning for next year yesterday. And, I mean, next year, what are they going to win? Three games? Four games at the most? I don't want to bring a quarterback in and ruin his career and, 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 and waste the draft pick just by doing that. Get some no, winners on board. No, if you take him, then you got to commit to sitting him. And the problem is you can't do that here. It's because the fans just scream Johnny from the stands the moment you don't get a first down. Johnny! The moment you don't get a first down, you want the next quarterback. Because of how, I mean, dude. Now, granted, part of it's the team's fault for being lousy for the last 20 years. But part of it's also your fault for not understanding the game and not waiting you know, for the development of players and you know, the whole thing. But you can't, you can't fire Hugh Jackson, though. Not yet. Otherwise, I mean, dude, if you've been paying attention, football fans, have you been paying attention to what people are saying about San Francisco right now? I mean, dude, he fired Jim Harbaugh and then Chip Kelly after one season apiece. You look crazy doing that. As uh, as Jimmy Haslam's kind of said, all pieces and parts are in place. What no, could not. what could Hugh Jackson do? How bad would the Browns have to be to fire him next year? If they go zero and sixteen, if they go one, if they go if they go zero and sixteen next year, if they go one and fifteen next year, yeah, I think you probably got to do it. And I don't want to do it. I said when they signed him, I said you leave him here five years. You're not going to be good. You're not even going to be competitive until year three. We live through year one. You're not going to be competitive next year. You're not. It's year three. It's always year three. Go look at historic great coaches when they start to win. It's year three. But now in the NFL, you get a year and a half, and then they fire you. What's going on in the NFL now with firing coaches is insane. There's six head coaching jobs open in the NFL right now. There's not six qualified guys to take the jobs. You can't fire these guys like that. You can't. If you build a, you, dude, When you build a house, do you start with the roof? No. You start with the foundation, otherwise the thing's never going to get built. So as long as he goes 3-32, and 32, we'll keep him. It's just such a low bar, dude. That's so lo- bad. Well, it has to be because of how bad they let it get. They let it get all the way rock bottom. And so it's going to be bad for a while. But it's year three before they even look like a pro football team. I said it when they signed Hugh Jackson. I don't know how many times I have to be right before people realize I know what I'm doing. It's year three. That's it. It's just the way it is. Especially when you're talking about Corey Coleman, the, the team's best receiver, wasn't on the field half the year. We played six different quarterbacks this year. Our best offensive lineman, I hear, is leaving this year. So our biggest problem, the offensive line, is getting worse before it gets better. That's going to be tough. I'm, I'm hearing Joe Thomas is out. And who, could, who the hell could blame him? I'm being asked if I would make a move for A.J. McCarron. No. I don't think I would. I, I just, you make move for guys that are like, well, how do you not make that move? I don't make a move for a guy that I can't tell, that doesn't look, that, that doesn't jump off the set as a, yes, that is a franchise quarterback. 
I think right now I don't make a move for a guy like that. For for a guy that's a sideways move to Cody Kessler or RG3, that feels sideways more than up to me. Now, Hugh knows him, and Hugh worked with him, believes in him, and wants to stick his neck out for him and bring him in. I would have to trust Hugh Jackson there. Because, again, I can evaluate a quarterback by sitting on TV and watching it and going, dude, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. But do I really know? No. Not the way an NFL coach knows, obviously. So if you wanted to stick his neck out for him, I would listen to it. But would I personally make the move? No. But if you fire this guy before year three, it's just going to be like this another 15 years. And also what you do, and, and dude, I keep hearing this on sports shows, and it's 100% accurate. If you keep firing coaches, good coaches are going, I'm never going there. Never. You're going to do my wife's going to have to like find another job. My kids are going to have to find schools and all this stuff because you are hot because you listen to the fans and the stands about your coach. Dumb. Dumb. There, dude, there's 32 jobs. There might be 12 A plus coaches in the world. Look at the NFL right now. Who are like, who are like the next Hall of Fame coaches in the NFL right now? Andy Reid. Bill Belichick can make an argument for Mike McCarthy. I'm running out now. I'm running out. Tomlin? Doubt it. Maybe Tomlin. Doubt it. One playoff win in five years. Doubt it. Doesn't look real good. I know that I'm not listing all of the 32, so there's going to be a couple of other names. But you take the point. There's not that many good coaches out there. There's more teams than good coaches. That's just the way. Good head coaches. It's just the way it is. Meanwhile, we had Kyle Shanahan. Get him out of here. He sucks. Every offense he went and coached, they win. Look at Matt Ryan now. Matt Ryan was a B-plus quarterback. Kyle Shanahan's there now, lighting the league up, argument for MVP. But we ran Kyle Shanahan right out of town because the fans know everything. You got to let stuff simmer. Got to let it build. If they would have fired us after the first year, would that have been a fair shake? I know a guy that works in the radio business got a chance to go to a huge radio market. Huge. Third market in the country. They left him there nine months and then yanked him off the air. There's no way you can go into a city that size and get it done in nine months. You're not giving people a fair shake. It's a five-year plan. They're not going to look good till year three. Told you that when they signed him. I'm going to stay on that to the end because it's the effing truth. Be right back with more Stansbury Show. Hang on. Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We were talking about the Browns before the break, and I just read this at CantonRep.com that uh, they have a theory that uh, Hall of Fame Village could be a perfect place to host Browns training camp. Think about yeah, that. It would be. That would be kind of cool. It would be kind of cool. I would like that. I would like that a great deal. Shout out to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Just making stuff happen for Canton, yeah. Ohio. Love we, you guys. We give you the list of uh, modern era finalists for induction. A little earlier, some of the big names on that were T.O., uh, Kurt Warner, Ladanian Tomlinson was on there, Isaac Bruce was on there, um, I think Morton Anderson was in there. A couple of uh, uh, you know, offensive linemen and the like. Be interesting to see who gets the nod. I think Kurt Warner and T.O. are probably no brainers. Yeah, you'd think I would think you'd think T.O. is getting screwed over regular basis. Yeah. Unfortunately, dude, what you do and how people feel about you does weigh in. I don't think it should. I think, you know, if you were dominant on the field, you go in. But, uh, you know, we all know politics comes into everything. Murdered your wife, O.J. Simpson? Ah, all right. Now, there are obviously going to be things. You know what I mean? You have to have some sort of line, yes. But uh, 
Although we've kind of gotten into that, and there are people who don't feel like they should take his stuff out of the hall because he did it after his playing days, and that feels like a weird way to... to it, it seems like a weird system to use. It's a weird line. I don't know where it is. Maybe we'll talk to Jimmy McCris. He'll get it all figured out for us. He Jimmy! Knows, he knows everything. He does know everything about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, he does. He's the guy that essentially is the lifeblood of that, of, that, of that building. You know, he was coming after me the other day trying to tell me boxing's more important than UFC. Bro. There hasn't been a there hasn't been an important boxing match in ten years since what I mean honestly the last real big one was what Pacquiao and Floyd right yet somehow or another those dudes all get paid more than than MMA or right? I know that's it is weird I don't know how it happens either I uh I don't I, maybe I'm a UFC homer maybe I just like you know the UFC more it's very that's a very big possibility. Just when you look at momentum, though, UFC is on the upswing, boxing's on the downswing. I don't know where those lines meet, but eventually they will. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with you. I said earlier we were going to have another DUI story, and we do. Okay. And this time Arizona. Mm. And uh, this is about medical marijuana now. Okay. And this is interesting. I've uh, long been on record saying, you know, I don't really want a medicinal-only bill. I think human beings should be able to have the right to smoke marijuana if that's what they want. But this might have me changing my mind. Okay. And this is a little convoluted. There's a lot going on here, so it may take us a little while to sift through this, and I apologize. But an Arizona court of appeals last week, Fantone, ruled that the state's medical cannabis patients who have been charged with DUI may contest the charges against them, forcing law enforcement officials now then to prove henceforth that those found with THC in their systems were too impaired to operate a vehicle. That's going to be tough to do. Well, that's going to be tough to do. Now, I think it depends on why the officer pulled you over. If you're weaving all over the road, bam, there, I've got my proof right I, there. I would agree. If you wreck your car or something like that, you know, that's, I would that's agree. what you need. And then it gets found in your system, right, we'll right. charge you. Right. Now, the ruling stems from something just like that. From back to 2013, an arrest of an Arizona man named Nadir Ashok. I'm going to bet you money that guy's on a list somewhere. Yes. And that's Donald Trump's desk. Got his name right there. <laughs> top of the list, baby. Right underneath the taco bowl. <laughs> In the city of Mesa, Ishak was arrested after an officer noticed his car drift into another lane and then reported to have found Ishak to have bloodshot and watery eyes. Okay, so under your system, you kind of like the, the DUI being written here. Okay. Yeah. He was later charged and convicted of driving with cannabis in his system. He was not convicted of a second charge, which was DUI. Okay. During the conviction, he was uh, denied the opportunity to present evidence that he was a registered that he was registered in Arizona as a medical cannabis patient. Now, the first state this Arizona first passed a law in 2010 allowing for the use of uh, medical cannabis. Later in 2015, the state Supreme Court ruled in the case of Dobson v. McLennan that medical cannabis was not necessarily grounds to charge patients with DUIs. Somebody give me my my medical marijuana card and do it now. The issue of driving under the influence of cannabis is problematic, and not just because cannabis is used as medicine by thousands of patients nationwide, they say. the uh, I'm reading now from Herb.com again. The Herb! <laughs> the effects of cannabis are such that it is difficult to determine how people under the influence of the substance may be affected at any given time. True. Given both how long it stays in the bloodstream and the different ways in which it's processed among different people. Now, I'll give you a perfect example just of you and I. Fantone, tall, slender. I'm not as tall and sort of chubby. My guess is, and what I've always heard is, is that my body going to hold on to marijuana longer than yours because of what it does is it stocks in the fat cells, which I have more of than you. Yeah, you know, obviously Michael Phelps is going to uh, is going to get drugs right. out of his system sooner than than you would. There you Correct. go. 
Now, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration acknowledges this issue, saying on their website, it is difficult to establish a relationship between a person's THC blood or plasma concentration and performance impairing effects. Okay. It is inadvisable to try and predict effects based on blood THC concentrations alone and currently impossible to predict specific effects based on the THC concentrations. So you fast forward this week, and Arizona Court of Appeals tossed out the DUI conviction for this guy. This is going to be a tricky thing for this country to figure out. Because... Again, marijuana normally stays in your system about 30 days. Now, for heavy users, it's more like, and people don't know this, it's more like six months. A buddy of mine went to rehab for Oxycontin. That was like his drug of choice, but he was obviously a marijuana smoker as well. And when he quit and went to rehab, it was nine months after he had gotten sober before his body stopped testing positive for marijuana. Because of how much he was smoking, and again, a heavy man. This is going to be a hard thing for this country to figure out in this. Because I, like you, know that there is a line where you can be impaired on marijuana and cannabis and the like to where you should not be behind the wheel of a car. I know there is that line. Yes, there is that line. In my opinion, that line is really smoking weed. If you've smoked weed within the last... Two hours, if you're high, you shouldn't be behind the wheel. You shouldn't. I know we can all say, oh, I can do it. I know we can all it's say. It's like texting and driving. It's right, like, yeah, you right. might be able to do it, but the day you can't, it's too much. Right. The risk is too high. And I mean, as people, you know, oh, well, dude, I've smoked weed a million times. I'm not paranoid. I, I'm fine. I'm a good driver. I'm a better driver. Shut up. No, you're not. no, you're, not. no you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're like, not. It's like you, when I hear bartenders say, oh, I serve better when I'm drunk. No, you don't. You're intoxicated behind the wheel. And whether that's something given to you medically by a doctor, uh, Vicodins and, 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 and pills, and things like that or marijuana if you're impaired behind the wheel if you're driving your car impaired on a substance how how do i argue with that you know what the arguments you know what a lot of people are going to tweet us and say is you can more safely and again i think this is this might be an urban myth but that you can more safely drive a car under the influence of marijuana than you can under the influence of alcohol agreed i i tend to agree with that statement but I don't know it to be fact, so I want to be careful stating it as such. Hey, through personal experience, I agree with you 100%. That's but, what I was going to say. But but that doesn't change the fact of I'm still impaired behind the wheel. Yeah, robbing a bank is worse than stealing a candy bar from the grocery store. They're both, both illegal. illegal. <laughs> they say here, it is reasonable for medical patients who believe that they have been unfairly charged with a DUI to be able to challenge the charge. This is going to run flush of people trying to get medical cards. I think that's fair in the sense of if, if you've been charged with DUI and you feel like it was, hey, I smoked weed a day ago, I haven't smoked it today, and I still got charged with this DUI because I spun out. And okay, you can you can debate that, but at the end of the day, there has to be there has to be a law on the side of if you're impaired. Y- y- well, you can't just make the statement either, though. And I know you're not doing this, but somebody's going to. You can't just go, well, it's medicine, so you can't do that because no. so is Vicodin. No. But if you have it in your system and you're impaired, they're going to charge you. No. This is going to be a tricky thing for this country to figure out, but we need to do it. We need to do it. We've seen too many benefits. We've seen the states that have legalized it. Guess what? They have too much money. They have, let me say that again for you. The states that have legalized marijuana have too 
much money. They're giving people money back from their taxes because of how much they've taken in. If that doesn't move you off the I'm anti-marijuana, really? So you you just want you just want your state to die? You want you just you want no money because because you don't like the reefer because you bought into reefer madness? It seems crazy to me. But when you bring in the driving issue, it is going to be tough for this country to figure this out. Going to be very difficult. Alcohol is a little easier with the breathalyzer. Well, scientists get on it. You know what I mean? Like, if we can do this, scientists figure this out. I know, dude. Guys, we already have the D pills. That, that's it. Right. Like, that's it. That, that's it. That's all we needed. We don't need anything else out of you, scientists. Cure cancer and figure out how people can smoke weed and not get DUIs. One helps the other. Need. One helps the other. You know, a guy on Twitter says, I don't even like to drive if I'm tired. It's fair. Good. It's good. Yeah, but that would, you know, by that system, then we wouldn't be able to drive to work every morning. You know what I mean? Like, I understand it. It's like, you can be too tired to drive. That's why they made laws for truckers and that whole thing. It can totally happen. But we're going to have to figure this out because this is this is the new world now. Marijuana's here now. You're not putting it back in the tube. It's It helps too many people medically. It makes too much money. It, may, it It's come past the I don't like it arguments. It's come past that. You need a better argument. The slippery slope argument is where people go when they don't have an argument. So so the people who are tweeting at me, I can already, dude, I, I'm reading them. You're just anti-weed, which is fine. We don't have to agree. But turning a blind eye to this and pretending like this is going to go away is just insane. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online, WRQK.com. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we have uh, your announcement for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. That'll happen at 9 a.m. this morning. And with all the trouble you see with all the big banks in the world, I'm so happy I'm with CSE Federal Credit Union, a local banking alternative. They offer me all the same product services, but they're totally local. If you're thinking about switching banking institutions, it's not going to cost you anything to stop into one of the offices, speak with a representative. You may have been forced into a bank or just use one of your parents' use or whatever. You still have a choice to find, you owe it to yourself, to find a better financial institution. Locally owned and operated, CSE has been since 1938, not going to change. They're a credit union, board of directors, it's volunteer, all members. They live right here in Stark County. Decisions and directions of CSC, Federal Credit Union, based on what happens here locally, not nationally, or by a board of directors that does not know about your community. You want more information? Check it out, cscfcu.com. Turns out, Phantom, we all have something in our house we're not cleaning enough. Okay. All right. And I'm just going to ask you, since you live with a girlfriend... And I don't. I'm single and I live alone. Um, I know couples will share this, and it's never been something I like sharing um, with the person I'm dating or living with, and that is your bath towel. Um, it's an inevitability, I feel like. that It's going to happen. Yeah, once you start living together, unless you are using a bath towel once and throwing it in the laundry afterwards, if you hang it up. I wish I could say like, well, yeah, I always have the blue towels and she always has the gray ones and we, we, you know, but no, it's not the case. I grab whatever towels kind of hanging over the door and I'm like, all right, well, this is what I'm using. I'm pretty anal about this. I have in my house now, I think it's eight towels for one person. That's a lot. And so I normally I'm a, I'm a one and done it with a bath towel. Um, I'll hang it up and then, but I, I normally then just put it in my laundry bag, take it to the laundry place, drop it off. And the next thing I know it's clean. I, um, 
but it it kind of weirds me out to use a towel after something. Like when I was when I was dating my last girlfriend, when I would go up to her place in Cleveland, and you know we'd get ready to go out for a night out, and she'd be like, "Oh, you know, I left the towel hanging up there," and it's like you just. No, that's gross. Like, you just rubbed yourself down with it. No, gross. Ew. You're the cleanest you're going to be. I mean, if you're touching her body. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I know it's the cleanest you're going to be. They say here that you should not use a towel more than three times. That's disgusting. I think you'd be shocked to know a lot of people would go well over three times, dude. Do you know the kind of bacteria a towel holds? All that dead skin? All the fluids from the body, all that stuff, all that stuff that comes out. Dude, think about, dude. Some people are taking that towel in between. I mean, not do a lot between the crack and like wiping it completely. Like I said, I mean, you just wash that. You're gonna put your mouth on it later. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, listen. If you were, if you're, if you're talking about like a washcloth, or if you're talking about like something that's cleaning you, you, your loofah, I can understand. And even then, I mean, what are you doing? You're throwing your loofah away every day. I okay, and now I'm I'm a little weird about this. I have two different versions of that, uh, for separate ends of the body, like and never shall the two meet. Oh, but you're still using your hand, <laughs> and then you're gonna touch, you're gonna eat food, and you're gonna do all these things. I mean, it's not so Whoa, much. But the difference, dude. The thing is, there though, did the, the you know what the first thing I do when I get out of the shower is wash my hands. It's not so much that like it's grossing me out that this touched you. I think the thing is is if, if, if you're just drying it over your door, inevitably that's when bacteria is going to grow is because it's a wet substance that's not dried quickly. There is nothing in the... Well, obviously there are things, but there are very few things in the world that bother me more than that smell. Than the smell of a wet towel or like the... the, the you, you left, Again, my ex would leave things in the washing machine too long and then she would dry them. They would be completely dry, but they would still smell like that. And you get out and you wipe your skin dry and now you smell like that. That is, do that moldy mildew smell is one of the most disgusting things ever. Yeah, if your towels are getting to that, of course you're, you, you've gone too long. But I mean... I'm probably getting if if yeah, there's three towels out on a regular basis in our bathroom and this probably get changed once a week, if not twice a week. So using six to nine towels on a weekly basis. That's about right. That's about right. They say no more than three times. And I agree. I, I think twice is about as much as I'll push a bath towel two times. That's about as hard. That's about as hard as I will push that. You will get your iHeartRadio Music Award announcement next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. Missed yesterday's program. Podcast it there. All week we'll have those WWE tickets. January 22nd. Can Civic Center. You know, there's a guy, actually there was a guy earlier that was like, I wanted, that, uh, wanted to challenge you to a trivia challenge. And I thought that would be a good idea, but the problem is, is that you have, or you're the one with all the WWE knowledge, so you can't right. make the questions. Right. And I don't know enough about it to put together a tough enough list of questions, especially with the newer era stuff. I could give you all the, like the mid '80s stuff eh, when I was got, watching it. We've got tickets up until the day of. We can figure something out. Yeah, maybe we'll reach out. But he seems pretty confident that he knows more about the WWE than you. Well, listen, sucker. I don't know why this has to be about tickets. If you want to go, if you want to step into the squared circle with the tall guy, that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do is tell me, dude. I'll, dude, are you ready for You ready? Who's the greatest WWE superstar of all time? John Cena. What are you talking about right now? Now, I'm not asking you to do this, but would you, 
Are you confident enough in your knowledge of the WWE to ever put the belt on the line? Oh, no. I'm not putting the belt on the line. I'm confident. You know me. I'm a, I'm a supremely confident person, but uh, I'm not putting that belt on the line. That was, that was a present to me. That was a, you know what I mean? I can't, can't give that away. Yeah, I would hate to see you have to cough it up. Yeah. It's more, it's more than a, it's more than a belt. That's a, a representation of, 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 you know, of, of Ryan's, you know, like of me, I guess. Yeah. Nobody else really likes me, but Ryan does. Yeah, Ryan does like you. So that's good enough. It was good enough that day. Good enough that day. That's for damn sure. <laughs> good enough that day. All right, uh, guys, as you're heading into work, probably, uh, you might stop off and grab a cup of coffee. You might want to be careful about that. Yeah, um, you do. And, uh, and this is all how you order your coffee here and what you're doing in line. Got to be careful. Spokane, Washington, uh, a, 30 year old, a 37-year-old man says he's been banned from uh, Starbucks, this particular Starbucks, in Washington State for life. They banned him. Uh, he's not been identified by the news outlet there because he was not officially charged with a crime, but he had asked a barista out. And they've now banned him. He said, I was flirted with by a barista. For some reason, she thought I was funny, said I was funny. I gave her a note to see if she'd be interested in dinner. And he wrote that on Facebook. But he went back the next day to go get coffee. And a police officer told him he was banned from the Starbucks. Spokane police said businesses are allowed to refuse service to people for as long as they see fit. But the man says he's facing a discrimination because he's 37. Now, here's why. The barista, 16. And he asked her out, wrote a note, and asked her out, asked her out to dinner. Now, he says, the man does, I know the female Starbucks barista uh, barista was of legal age to date, the man said. I broke no laws. I merely took a chance with my heart. I'm tired of hearing the word creep, as any black person or gay person is is tired of hearing certain words. Bro, you got to be real careful about that. He says, I have a whole webpage dedicated to age gap love. He asked his friends on Facebook to call Starbucks and complain, but the request uh, was met with opposition, as most people are going to oppose a 37-year-old dating a 16-year-old girl. That's most people are going to oppose that. Most people are going to have an issue with that. They just are. Unless, unless, unless it's a a 37-year-old teacher banging a 16-year-old son or or boy, boy, and we're all for it. We think it's the sexiest thing they'll do. Where were those teachers when I was a kid? Uh, so, uh, I mean, listen, if you're going to say that and then you're going to come down on this dude, I don't understand what leg you have to stand on there. You got none. You got none. Yeah, you really don't. You don't. You don't. Again, that it, 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 you really don't. You just wanted to have sex with a hot woman when you were 16, so you think it's okay, but it's not really okay. Okay? Uh, so, obviously, people aren't going to call them and complain. He says, uh, one user said, I've never been so proud to be a Starbucks customer. As a teen, I had to deal with similar issues working in a restaurant as a hostess. It's an uncomfortable position no girl wants to be put in. Thank you so much for supporting your employees. And that's another thing, too. This this girl laughed at his joke, and all of a sudden, oh, she wants to bang me. And oh. said it was funny. Yeah. Right. The male ego does do that. Like, if a woman laughs, it's like, oh, my God. They always say all a woman wants is a sense of humor. That means she wants to bang me. No, it doesn't. She was nice to me. Oh, my gosh, dude. I Oh, she totally wants. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She doesn't want you. Dude, 16-year-old girls, first of all, are inundated with just boys just constantly. You think she was an old man? I mean, maybe. I mean, I know there's women with daddy issues and all that stuff. And I am an age gap dater for sure. I uh, I date down all the time um, or up. I very rarely date at my age level. I like dating down. I do. 
Um, but 16 is too far. I told this story like it was like a year and a half ago. Like a 19 year old girl just kept coming after me, and I eventually I broke down. I was like, all right, fine. I just I can't. I dude, eventually I can't say no to this that many times. I'm gonna be on my deathbed later in life and be like, you idiot. What were you thinking? So I broke down, did it, and I was made to feel uncomfortable by it when it was over. It was like, dude, nine, too young, too young. It's just, and if you and if you're one of these people that's like, well, legally, I that to me when you have to go to that, I don't like it. I'm well okay with the technicality is that it's legal. And I, okay, it, listen, if we decide at 18 years old you're an adult and that's what you're allowed to do, bang whoever you want to bang. I have zero issue with that. The thing that I'll, I think will probably be a, a topic of conversation here is what's the age of consent in that state? 16. That's so, what he's saying. That's what he's saying is that within the law, it's fine. I don't agree with it, and I don't. I don't like the concept of age of consent. I think it should be eighteen across the board, and if that's what we decide, is that's we, what we decide. Don't we have the age of consent law though? So if two sixteen-year-old kids bang in high school, we don't have to send somebody to jail. I think that's why we kind of have that, right? Well, but I mean, two fifteen-year-olds can bang, and nobody's going to jail. I don't know if that's true. I'm not sure. I think if I think if one of the parents wants to prosecute, I think yeah, actually that's not true. I think age of consent laws are. For you to sleep with somebody over the age of... I think that's part of it, but I don't think that's the only thing. I really don't. Because we've done stories on the air about dads getting mad, finding out the fact that their daughters were having sex, and the next thing you know, there's, there's charges. But, dude, you're 37. I mean, again, as a guy who dates down, my last girlfriend was 10 years younger than I. I date down all the time. But there is a line where it's like, all right, man, this is starting to look pretty bad. 16's it. Like, dude, if she's still in high school, it's like, bro, leave it on the shelf. It ain't ready yet. It's not ready yet. Freshman year college? Second year college? Do whatever you got to do. If they're still in high school, they're not ready yet. Leave them on the shelf. I, ugh. And dude, to equate the fact that people are calling you a creep and saying that's the same thing as gay people being called horrific terms or black people being called the terms that people use, that's not the same thing. It's not. It's not. The, the decision you made to ask a 16-year-old girl out, that was, again, that was a decision. An African-American person didn't, like, choose to be black. That's where it's different. You got to be real careful with equating stuff like that, dude. You got to be real careful with that. We have a listener on Twitter, Brent, or is it Brett? I think it's Brett. And he has flat out, Brett is his name, flat out called me a liar. Says I'm lying. Says he doesn't believe me, and I have told a fib. And uh, we'll examine that next on the Stansberry.